0: Come, traveler. Take a seat by the fire and hear my tale. You've heard them. Tracking, joysticks, face buttons, grips and triggers. For eons, these features had existed scattered across the platforms. But deep in the land of Oculus, in the smoke of Mount Meat, the surf lord Zuck... Forged a master tracking ring in secret, yes. And into these controllers, he poured his will to dominate all virtual life. Now, the wizard Gaben of old, he tried to resist with his trackpad shields, but they were split in twain by the strength of the Oculus joysticks. And the Sony Interactive Empire, well, it had great sway with the gamers, but could not resist the cries of the devs. So one by one... All the platforms bowed to this touch controller. A joystick, yes, two face buttons, a trigger, a grip. Indeed, these features would come to unify the realm of gamers, and it was in this way that VR emerged from the dark ages of fragmentation. Come, hear the tale of this Oculus Quest. Hello and welcome to Head Mounted
1: Destinations, a podcast about virtual reality and VR game development. We here provide our perspective as game developers, and we provide a peek behind the curtain for anyone who is interested in how VR games are made. I'm Matt, and I'm a gameplay programmer. And I'm Carlos. I'm a game designer. Today we're talking about how VR hardware impacts design, both in terms of constricting it and introducing new possibilities. And we're going to be talking a little bit about the future of hardware and where it might be going. So we're recording this in March. It's going to release a little bit later. But recently, we've gotten a first look at what the PS5 PSVR controllers are going to look like. And we also are fairly confident at this point that PSVR 2, whatever you want to call it, is going to be wired rather than wireless. And these two data points are very interesting because it allows us to plan around the design of future games. So really, the most interesting aspect is that the PSVR 2 controllers look a hell of a lot like the Oculus Touch controllers. And
2: that is to say that controllers are finally starting to standardize a layout.
1: Woohoo!
2: Yay! Get that, get that <laughs> nice classic grunt birthday party kids cheering sound effect in the background for that one. So what we mean by controllers are starting to get more standardized is that, let's say, I think it's the Valve Index controllers, the Oculus uh, Quest slash touch controllers. They call them the Oculus touch controllers. And now the PSVR 2 controllers are following a similar form and button layout. And that is to say it breaks down, it breaks in half rather, the traditional modern gaming controller. So take a Xbox or a PlayStation controller and then split it in half with a Katana. Now the left half of your controller is your left PSVR2 controller. Your right side controller is your PSVR2 right side controller. And it essentially turns the, uh, like shoulder buttons into your grip button, right? That you press with like your middle fingers or whichever, but whichever finger wraps around the controller. Your triggers are still triggers. And then your like, a, B, X, Y are literally split, and then each controller yeah. has a thumbstick. And you have the, uh, say the Xbox guide button is like the lowest face button on the right side controller, and the share button is on the left side controller. And I found this to be really interesting. So that's kind of, that's why I sort of dove down that rabbit hole. Like, it's a familiar element in a very unfamiliar medium which helps our human brains <laughs>
1: to comprehend communicating with it, you know what i mean? It's funny cuz this layout is actually kind of a design sacrifice because the Oculus Rift CV1 originally didn't ship with the Oculus touch controllers. They the touch controllers were still in development. It instead shipped with just an Xbox controller, hmm. which is a little weird. And, you know, cuz at the time the the Vive shipped with two motion controllers. And the Vive controllers are distinctly different. Instead of a joystick, they have a touchpad, which allows you to swipe and also press in different directions and also just touch without pressing. It has a much lower grip button that you typically do with your like bottom two fingers or maybe your middle finger. And it has a, a bigger trigger and it has, let's see, a menu button and that's it. So it's, it's less on the buttons, but the touchpad is supposed to replace a lot of that functionality and like... That was sort of the only big template that we had as developers at the time. Um, and so a lot of games, a lot of early games designed around that. And then the Oculus Touch controllers blew those out of the water. But at the same time, like they did kind of have to match the Xbox controller layout because otherwise it would be totally incompatible with all these Oculus games that had released with, with Xbox controller support. And so, like, it's interesting that, that that design conceit also sort of was to their benefit of being familiar. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's not exactly breaking the controller in half. It doesn't have the D-pad. Um, Fair. The face buttons work a little bit differently. And the trigger and shoulder button analogy doesn't quite work. It's actually interesting because with the grip button, people don't even realize there's a trigger and a grip button. It's very intuitive. Yeah, definitely, I would... Yeah, newbies, I would
2: say they consider those two to be, like, interchangeable, you know? Like, like, oh, because I'm squeezing my hand, like, obviously this button or this button would do the same thing, which is, like, an interesting sort of, like, mental flow. One thing I wanted to bring up was, like, before this hooray, you know, we have A, B, X, Y across the board... I, I was using the HTC Vive. The Vive had a touchpad, which I hated. I absolutely do not like the feel of these damn touchpads instead of joysticks. And I hated it since it got introduced in I, like early iOS days, but that controller was like they called it the wand right it's like similar to the playstation move controllers which is the psvr ones controllers which also
1: are wand like devices i mean saying they're similar is like saying a tricycle is similar to a like go-kart i don't know it's (laughs) like like, uh, you're kind of there but the ps move controllers are just Nowhere near as good as either the Vive Wands or the Oculus Touch controllers and have caused no end of headaches, I know. um, Oh, yes. To developers because they don't have any sort of directional input. They don't have a joystick. They don't have a touchpad. They have a bunch of face buttons. They have four face buttons per controller and they have a single trigger. They don't have two triggers. Yeah. It's like, how do you map your control scheme to that when you're like, At least with the Vive and the Oculus Touch controllers, like, they're kind of the same. They both have one directional input per controller. They both have a trigger and a grip. They both have a menu button, so you can sort of finagle it, even though the Oculus Touch has more distinct face buttons. But, like, porting your game to the PlayStation is just like, uh how how do we provide directional input <laughs> yeah so this is something listener that like
2: if you're wondering why why we make such a big deal about like controllers changing and stuff well i mean you you haven't heard anything about the adaptive triggers so far so i mean that that kind of gives you insight into what we as developers like prioritize man i don't i don't even know like i don't know where these decisions are made this is something that like me
1: as a developer i just like would love more insight into well because the ps move controllers were not for vr true they were for the like connect style games and they got recycled because it was lower cost true 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 that was that yeah that is actually the reason you kind of uh dragged on the touchpads on the the vive in hindsight it maybe wasn't the best decision but i have to respect the like ganas of that move cuz it was intended to constrain developers and force them to make games that focused more on interacting with the environment and less on movement mm-hmm. like it it wasn't good for movement and that was the point you weren't supposed to build games with artificial locomotion and yet that didn't stop developers <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, that, that maybe there's something bigger to say about that,
2: right? Like, one developer said, no, we think the medium is best with this, and a lot of people played it and felt that that was missing, like that would be more comfortable for them. Life found a way, basically, and like brought it <laughs> back into the system, even though the creator said no.
1: Yeah, they finally conceded with the index controllers where. Or- it has a joystick yeah i mean it also has a weird thumb touch pad I was, yeah but... i was just about to say it
2: doesn't have like some i don't even know what that's used for i'm like why is that weird groove there like <laughs> but yeah i don't know like old habits die hard for them i
1: suppose <laughs> yeah dude gabe newell just really wanted a touchpad for the thumb that's i'm sure the only reason. elon musk has his cat girl
2: obsession and gabe newell has his touchpad obsession it's <laughs> it's all these all these weird tech giants they just get they get their one weird thing you know and you just let them uh
1: bring us into the future year by year so we're not totally out of the woods though with controller consolidation it's like we've got psvr 2 hand controllers we've got the index we've got the oculus touch controllers are all pretty similar in terms of the layout which makes it way easier to design common control schemes mm-hmm. but we still have dualshock or dualsense to contend with because this is a large number of playstation vr players play with a regular controller you know your regular old gaming controller but it is tracked positionally and rotationally and so we still have to adapt to that control scheme. But it's a lot easier than, I think, adapting to different hand controller layouts because the Oculus Touch, whatever layout you want to call it, is kind of a controller split in two. And so a controller is like those merged and you can, you can get a lot of the same inputs, but the player's hands are stuck together.
2: Yes. And sometimes this presents a challenge when, say, your VR first game is about, you know, doing things with your hands, and at times you need to uh, split your hands, you know, to... Uh, to You're operating a switchboard, let's say, and you want to, like, individually grab different plugs with, with each hand. You would do this easily in VR, but then uh, uh, as a developer and as a player, you'd have a bit of a harder time translating
1: that to a controller. Yeah. Uh, so, like, as an example of just how constraining and like how much you have to alter your control scheme when you especially when you're designing around first gen psvr stuff is like on battle week the main thing that you're doing is you are steering with a wheel and you're aiming and shooting so instead of you know doing the simple thing simple from a developer side and just like treating the dual shock as if it was two motion controllers together we instead made the the joystick steer the wheel so you didn't have to touch it with your hands. And then you aimed with the controller rotation and pulled the triggers to fire with both hands. And that's still not as good as having two hands and you can fire independently. But it's like, just because you have the same buttons and the same amount of like input leeway doesn't mean you can have the same control scheme. And with like the PS Move wand controllers, dear God, like you have to have one face button that's like go forwards and it goes forward in whatever direction you're pointing the controller or something instead of a a joystick.
2: Yeah, or or like in Blood and Truth, uh, you have these like predefined points that you can go to. So you end up just pointing your controller and pressing that like move forward button and you sit as you just slowly slide along a rail to the next point. And that just feels... I know you say you don't like artificial locomotion... But like that feels so much more awful compared to just being able to freely
1: move around with a thumbstick. <laughs> like uh, I mean, I disagree with your point about blood and truth. Okay. I don't know if we want to get into this, Uh-oh. but like I, I played that with uh with the dual shock. Yeah. And like Wait, you played it with the dual shock? Yeah. Okay. We had really different gonna, experiences then. I'm not gonna play with the PS move. Oh uh, my god. But like it would have been really just because of the the fact that psvr is not a super amazing user experience in my opinion um you know it's front facing only and like the tracking is pretty shabby
2: actually real quick because you mentioned that Mm -hmm. that's something that i wanted to mention earlier when developers are making games that are vr that are coming out on the sony platform if i recall correctly there's a rule that like you can't demand the player stand up like all of PSVR games must be playable sitting down i remember hearing that and it being like okay this is going to like limit things a lot like it's it's as limiting as the controller itself i feel like at times like i don't know how mm-hmm. i would play super hot from a sitting down you know yeah is
1: super hot on psvr Yeah, now
2: now i want to see my friend wasn't heck that works. my friend wasn't too in the vr and then he and then one weekend he was like bro i played super hot on my friend's psvr and i get it now <laughs>
1: <laughs> like oh honey yeah like, there's so much more. Uh, yeah i was like oh
2: get ready man do, how much space do you got in your living room like tell it, how much do you space do you have anywhere trying to get him a get him on a quest and uh, unfortunately he's he's living that like cramping
1: department situation but that's that's actually a great segue because so the psvr 2 is going to be inside out tracking which means finally every major platform for vr is you know 360 not front facing which is amazing Mm -hmm. because that's one of the biggest constraints on design is like oh crap like i guess we have like snap turn but like still it's especially with front-facing and seated it's like just a big constraint on what motions you can get the player to do
2: yeah and for those unfamiliar with what we're saying front-facing and seated obviously seated it means you're sitting down like you're you're seated when you're playing a game this is with games like trover and moss front-facing means that like you have some sort of camera or sensor and it has just like some field of view that essentially means you must be sitting or standing in this exact spot within its field of view so it's like a front facing camera the inside out tracking means all the sensors are in the headset so now you have like four to six cameras in your own headset like blasting outward and that's how they capture your controller as it's moving around which is dope uh from a gameplay point of view it takes you from having to look at one very specific wall and move around with your right thumbstick to now being able to actually physically turn around in your own space maybe take a step to the left and right like reach out just a little extra for something like that is going from the front facing tracking to like inside out tracking or 360 tracking as Matt was saying is like just so freeing. It's it is the biggest freeing thing before going from wired to
1: wireless VR. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely like it was a big shackle on the promise of VR and now we're free. We no longer have to design around front facing. It only took a couple of years. Of course, we're still constrained by space. You know, going back to your friend who had probably you know is trying to live in a postage stamp. Like you can't demand that the player has anything more than space to just stand in. Yeah. But at least it's standing and turning in any direction, not just standing and facing one direction. Yeah, yeah. The other big thing, as you mentioned, is wired versus wireless, and this is where the the news of consolidation runs out because PSVR two at least in its base form is going to have a cable running to the headset versus the Oculus Quest is cableless um and in fact Oculus recently released Airlink which does the same thing that virtual desktop used to do which is to stream to the Oculus Quest headset from a PC over Wi-Fi. So now in a way PC gaming is also wireless. Yes.
2: This is awesome this is like to to put it in a more like clickbaity way you can play half-life alex on your oculus quest fairly easily without losing graphical fidelity like pcvr now on quest without a link cable that's what this is it's really fucking awesome i'm gonna hype out a little bit about this <laughs> it is fucking awesome it's so freeing uh half-life alex i remember there was a level in there like you were going up a parking garage or something and it had you turning like 90 degrees every like every 10 or so meters and I got tangled up in my freaking link cable and had to like step out you know how you make that hoop of ring ca- of cable around your body whenever you're rotating too much and you gotta step out of it and it becomes this gross like garden hose of tangled mess that doesn't happen anymore folks the wire isn't there I'm f- oh man oh man I was like I, I even think that now my pop one game might be even better because I can like I can put population one the VR battle royale I can down download it onto my pc get that better rendered that pc render distance freaking visuals will be better i'll get all the
1: chicken dinners it's gonna be awesome anyway it's one of those things like you don't realize until it's gone you don't realize how much of a mental drain pulling you out of the experience the cable is and then suddenly it's gone and you don't even know what to do with yourself you're like i'm still snap turning why am i still snap turning yeah i can just turn <laughs> yeah i yeah i remember
2: telling some of my friends like i'm literally having to train my brain to stop snap turning to
1: actually turn my real body yeah their design of games has been totally constrained by the idea of like you don't want to force the player to rotate a bunch because they gotta navigate their their cable yes
2: yeah but you can't even design for that currently Right. So like, we're, we're super hyped on this. We love that this tech is, is finally here and it's allowing us to play dope games in a very comfortable, immersive way, but. It's already hard enough to, like, get people to, like, learn about VR. So as developers, we have to think about the person who doesn't want to put in the effort to do any of this stuff. The person who will play the out-of-the-box PSVR 2 that has a cord hooked up. Or the person that will take their Oculus Link cable and hook it up to their quest to play your game. And trying to design for both those people is... You know, it's a challenge that comes with the job. We we have to make conceits in design for them, such as, you know, maybe <laughs> laying off of spiral staircases and leaning more on elevators, right? Or escalators, anything that like doesn't really force the player to turn around a whole bunch. Or if it does,
1: it's more artificial. There is hope, right? I mean, it took five years for the Oculus Touch controller standard to standardized across the industry but it happened and i think in another five years there will everything will be wireless
2: oh certainly that will definitely be the vr standard i did want to stick on this for a moment like what do we think the standard vr let's say the five years from now standard vr is and like i would say it would be Inside-out tracking is, like, a major feature. Another major feature is wireless. And then having a third major feature leaning towards sharing. So, like, having something that improves the streaming or, like, mixed reality experience.
1: Uh, When when I went to GDC in 2019, there were a couple of people that were saying, you know, what, what are the hurdles to VR right now? And they said a lot of the same things. It's, like, cost the friction of like i gotta put on the headset i got to adjust it i gotta deal with all these fucking wires i gotta calibrate the like quality of the content and the quantity of the content the comfort of the headset um poor initial experience coming in market fragmentation in terms of controller layouts and all this and what's compatible with what and then space you know i need i need space in order to play And we solved almost all of those in the intervening two years. There is more content and people are getting more aware of it. The friction has been significantly reduced. It's a lot of just put on the headset and go. We're learning to make better quality content. We're learning how to build experiences that introduce people to VR successfully. And the market is aligning on these controller standards. And the last barrier, I think, is space. And that's not a barrier that we can overcome easily. So... I think what, what we're going to see in the next five years is people actually learning to design more VR first things that take advantage of what we have mm-hmm. and aren't leaning back into VR experiences that are people trying to port, P, you know, flat screen experiences to VR. And I think we've seen some experimentation of, of what happens if you just think from the ground up for VR. But I think more of those will start winning out and, and those ideas will filter out of like, do I need to make artificial locomotion or how intricate do my interactions need to be? What does enemy design look like when you're speaking purely from from VR? Is it a lot of shooting enemies or maybe it's, it's more about actually striking them in specific points? Whatever. I think that's going to be the real progress. Like we've solved all the technical issues. Mm-hmm. All that stuff's out of the way. We just need to actually, like, make full use of what we have now. Right, so would you say more ex- more games like
2: I Expect You to Die? Because I know that game is, like, you know, it uses the immediate area around you, like, pr- pretty well. Or would your idea of, like, using the area around you, would that also fit into the whole, like, use joystick to
1: move around? Because, you know, you only have, like, that standing space. If I had to point to a recent example, I would say Phantom Covert Ops. It it's it's a stupid concept except the fact that it's in VR, right? It's like, "Oh, you're like a tactical kayak man." That's the dumbest thing ever, but it makes so much sense from a VR perspective. So you're saying it takes advantage of using the player's body, right?
2: Like on like on a controller, if you were playing a typical controller game, there would be nothing special outside of the novelty of like rowing a kayak as a video game character. But in Phantom, because you are physically rowing a kayak, and that's an experience that, you know, might take money or too much effort for uh, your regular everyday person, that is like taking good adv- advantage of VR.
1: Yeah, exa- exactly. Like instead of trying to translate what we've seen in terms of these like big action games or or whatever into VR, we're, we're building things that are maybe smaller but are more immersive for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. Like think Blast on. Blast on doesn't make any sense as a regular flat screen game, but as a VR game, it's the most natural thing. It's like of course you're dodging in this like small constrained space and like bending your body in in weird ways and like looking around trying to look for the next weapon that spawns or Mm -hmm. super hot vr it's like oh time moves when you move but it's actually me moving right it's it's how fast i'm moving my hands yeah and i've got this like like i'm in the neo experience it's not some abstracted thing compare those examples with well we were talking about cosmo dread where it's like very much i could see that being played on a flat screen where you're like wandering around a space and you have an inventory system and you're getting items and plugging them into a recycling system and it's like all these mechanics we've seen and they just happen to be implemented for vr right. i think we're going to see less of those games succeeding and we're going to see more games that actually do something new with vr hmm. and it's i think it's an audience issue like it's there hasn't been enough of an audience to make it worthwhile in a lot of cases to do something novel. But now there's so many people on the platform, thanks to the Oculus Quest and the Oculus Quest 2. Like, you you can do it. Right. Quest
2: 2 and, well, I'll say Quest in general, Quest 1 and 2 plus PSVR make up the bulk of the market of VR headsets out there, if I recall correctly. Basically, that means that if you want your game to succeed, it has to be on at least one of those two platforms, Right and optimally you want it on both those platforms and they aren't as powerful as PC VR. We've like mentioned that time and time again and now still you have to consider like the wire situation. So, but while things are blowing up and and like we get more VR users and I'm loving the influx of like people getting in the VR and finally like spreading the good gospel on it. We ultimately cannot just design for Quest 2. We're going to have to deal with uh, PSVR 2, its wire, and potentially whatever tracking issues it has we need to talk a moment about the weird (laughs) tracking ring on the psvr2 controllers i was thinking of gun club vr it's this shooting range vr game that i like i actually would play that a lot like at uh in in hotel rooms or like if i just had like a solid 15 minutes to hang out anyway this game, Gun Club VR, has a lot of like intricate gun-reloading interactions where your hands have to be close to each other. I wonder if a game like that can work with these PSVR 2 controllers because of the weird tracking globe, essentially, that it puts around your hand. Like the Oculus Touch, they usually had the ring go up and around uh, the face button area, right? But these mm-hmm. new controllers now just go around your entire hand, which seems a little safer from a if I get close to punching the wall like at least this thing's going to be around my hand and it's not going to be some like weird phalange that just gets like snapped off but it seems like I won't be able to bring my hands too close together to do those cool gun reloads have you like thought about that at all?
1: I don't know if there's a good way to put a tracking ring onto a controller. I mean, if you remember the CV1 controllers, the original Oculus Touch controllers, the ring went down around your hand. And then the new ones, because it, they had to be built for inside-out tracking, the ring went up so that mm-hmm. it would be visible to the cameras. And now these are around your wrist, and they like sort of swoop back. All of those constrain certain motions. There's no perfect solution as long as you need to put a tracking ring on, however... That being said, I like this solution more than I like the current Oculus Touch controllers. Because at least from the images, it looks like it puts the center of gravity more into the palm of your hand, which was something that I loved about the, the original Oculus Touch controllers, was that it didn't tilt your hand in any direction when you held it. It was just solidly the center of mass was in the center of your grip. Whereas the new Touch controllers... They're lighter, so it's less of an issue, but the center of gravity is above your hand, and so it tilts your wrist down mm. because that tracking ring is trying to trying to fall forwards, and I think that just makes the ergonomics a little more awkward. So I actually like this design better than I like the current touch controllers, but you know, we'll have to see about the weight of them and also those adaptive triggers. How much is that going to play into how they feel? And, and then there's also any haptics that they might have that's also an important thing that it's just impossible to judge from images.
2: Yeah, yeah. I know a couple of devs who are already very intrigued to see what happens with those adaptive triggers. Smash cut, white text, Zack Snyder style epilogue. The one thing I wanted to talk about that we didn't quite get to is the face factor, the impact on the face. Um... So uh, something I've heard a lot from people who wear makeup is like they don't want to put the VR headset on because it's going to mess up the thing that they spent like an hour or however long, you know, putting on their face. Maybe that is like the third missing pillar is like pass that barrier hardware wise like make this vr in a way that doesn't smear my face or do something to my face that also maybe doesn't like get germs potentially transferred onto the headset like figuring that out i think would bring in a whole new market of people which would introduce a cool new view into the content marketplace so mm. that's something that I'm I'm very excited for. I do not have any idea of a
1: solution, and I've been thinking on this on the back burner for weeks. If I had to project way into the future and really just enter totally making things up territory, I could definitely see it going in a direction where the display and, and input is decoupled from the actual processing and the content. Because like it used to be that VR was a little bit of a peripheral like you would plug the headset into your computer and and run games onto the headset. And now it's combined in the effort to make it low cost and portable, easy to use, etc. you know, the processing is built into the headset with the Quest. And I could see it reversing and going back to like I buy whatever display I want, you know, whether it's glasses that beam lasers into my eyes or contact lenses or a regular old headset like we've seen in the old days back in 2021. And then like I choose whatever controller fits the ergonomics of my body, you know, motion controllers and it's customizable or whatever. And then you have like a box or something. I don't know. Maybe it's in the cloud, right? Processing power. Mm -hmm. And you just stream that, that play onto this display device. And so now if I want super high fidelity graphics and I can go to a a whole helmet that straps to my head, or if I want something that doesn't fuck up my makeup, I can just have like a super lightweight set of specs or whatever that just sit there and, and provide an okay view. That's a direction I could see it going in. If there was anything that we didn't cover in this episode that you think is important about the hardware discussion, whether it's about PSVR 2, about the Oculus Quest 2, Oculus Quest 3, about the Index, about the Vive, head over to our subreddit, reddit.com slash r slash headmountedpodcast. There's going to be a thread for this episode. Throw down your comment on that thread and we will respond. Heck yeah. And if you have any insights into the VR hardware
2: or fun experiences, just fun stories around the VR hardware. Who knows? Maybe you're one of the people that did a dolphin dive in Richie's Plank Experience and broke a TV. Tell
1: us about it. We'd love to hear it. Maybe we'll shout you out in a future episode. All right. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you at the next Head Mounted Destination. If you liked this episode and you want to hear more episodes, visit our website, headmountedpodcast.com and sign up for our email list so you can get notified as soon as new episodes come out
2: you can also listen to the show on youtube spotify stitcher or apple Podcasts.
1: if you want to discuss this episode or you want to suggest future topics do so on our subreddit reddit.com slash r slash headmounted podcast
2: if you really want to prove you're a fellow traveler tell other wanderers about headmounted
1: destinations Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you at the next destination.